Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. was having the rabbit experience and I hadn't had that in so long. There was like a time lapse there before. That was actually my first ever vibrator. Holding on to that stuff is bad karma because there's people that need it and you're holding it, but they need mm-hmm. it. So you need to mm-hmm. put it out there. So you have like great sex karma. You've got some ducats built up there with that one, with putting all that out there. But what about another part of your body that isn't typically sexualized? Can you play with the pleasure and then bring it to another part of your body and see if you can transfer that sensation to that part of your body? Maybe something happened in your childhood, like I said, you don't identify as trauma, but Mm -hmm. that moment in time and that reaction, and then as it's showing up in other places in your life, like you said earlier, it's not just gonna be happening in the bedroom. It's going to be showing up outside too. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, here we are still in our March masturbation madness month. And I have a really fun guest today. I cannot wait to introduce her. Today I have Charna Cassell who is an LMFT, and also she is the host of Laid Open Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I've totally done my research, stalked you, stalked you, your podcast, your your website. So we're going to get into some fun stuff today. But before we start off, can you just kind of tell my listeners a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I was a a sex educator at Good Vibrations for years, where they do a really remarkable, thorough job of training you. And um, that had always interested me. And I'd been a sexuality educator in, in college and after college as well. And then I became a somatic coach. And somatic you know, recognizes the mind, body, emotions, and spirit are all connected. And so I was seeing clients doing that. And then I became a marriage and family therapist. And I specialized in working with trauma and sexuality. And over the last three or four years, God, I can't believe it's been that long. I've been working on a book and I have this podcast, which I thoroughly enjoy because I like humans. Yeah. <laughs> I like talking to people and having that, that intimate connection. And yeah, that's me. So, and in a, okay, so you mentioned this, that in addition to your, you know, which you do have quite an extensive background that I was really surprised when you mentioned you worked at Good Vibrations or and you do still do? No, no. I did for a couple a couple of years. Okay. Early early on in my in my 20s. Yeah. But still I'm still mm-hmm. going to con- consider you, yeah. you know, a sex toy aficionado. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to run with yeah. that. <laughs> All right. That that sounds good. Yeah. Um, that sounds good. And just based on the experience that you had there. So what are some of your favorite sex toys to recommend for solo play and also for couples? That's so funny. You know, there's so much that there is out there now that things change, but there's the base research that I got to do. I got to do a lot of market research over that time. So of course, what they've probably built on and made better since I... this We're talking like 20 years ago, right? Okay. That I worked at Good Vibration. So in those 20 years, I know they've probably improved in devices that you can control through apps, like wearable devices. So that's a fun thing if you're with a... You know, you have a partner and they can surprise you, control you in different ways, stimulate you. Yeah, yeah. Depending on who your partner is and what kind of anatomy they have using vibrating cock rings. Well, either if you're using a dildo or you have a a real live penis, those are fun. I mean, you can always, someone can always hold, so any toy can be used between two people, right? Like, and it really depends. I mean, like there are many women who do not orgasm vaginally, internally, 
And then some people can't have orgasms without internal penetration, right? That they prefer, it's like, yes, great to have both at the same time, right? So it really like, there's not a a one size, uh, no pun intended, maybe the pun was intended. Yeah, um, yeah. Size fits all. The the toys that were always so popular and there's a a lot of versions of them now at this point is is the, I think Sex and the City had made it really popular back in the day. Was Was the rabbit. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what was nice about the rabbit was that there's external stimulation, but there's also this internal, like the the, the, the curls, yeah. exactly that oh. that was like positioned well for the G spot. And then the rotating head created rather than it being like this kind of static burning experience that some people could have. Yeah, like the fact that it could be moving around the way someone's mouth or hands or fingers would actually move. That were you going to say something? That part of the toy, that aspect, always reminded me of. Uh, one of my first few boyfriends who would do that, do the circular motion and always felt so good. And <laughs> he's really the only one that's kind of done that. Like, it's like, I call you know, like going around the world, like he just would do it and do it. It was so, it was amazing. And with his fingers or his, with or his, his penis, ma- his tongue. Oh, okay. It's, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> And he had a big one. He had a big one, Sharna. So it was like, oh, that felt good. It was, yeah, it was good. Well, what's interesting about that is we're going to get personal for a moment. I will, because I have my professional cap that I can talk about vibrators, and then I have my personal cap that I can talk about oh, I want, vibrators. I, well, well you, I want you to do. I want. I'll, you'll know yeah. what I want both, but All definitely. Right. All right. Yeah. This we need some good girl talk here. You're like, I want to be filled with in every hole. I want both. So in my experience, I've had men who have smaller penises do that. And I'm like, what is, it's like, they're kind of moving it around. Like they're trying to clean the inside of my vaginal walls. And I honestly don't feel much from that. But if it was somebody who had maybe a larger cock, then that might have a rabbit Experience, but I, but I have the rabbit experience. Was having the rabbit experience, and I hadn't had that in so long. There was like a time lapse there before. That was actually my first ever vibrator. The rabbit, uh huh, yeah, uh huh. I, I think I had, I maybe I had a pocket rocket, and then I had the rabbit. I mean, I was really lucky starting at twenty four, working at Good Vibrations. Mm-hmm. We had a we had a free box, and not like used vibrators, but things <laughs> that were just like subtly, like just, just slightly used. Gently, no, just gently defective. So what it was was that breeze to like, good home. <laughs> exactly. There would be like a, a dildo from Vixen. I think Vixen Toys was what it was called. They made dildos, silicone dildos. Yeah. And something would have been taken out of the mold and packaged too quickly. So yeah. it was still just a little too warm and pliable. And it would get like the imprint of the plastic on its stick. Yeah. And then <laughs> it wouldn't be sell or it'd bend. It'd be like, Peroni's disease, it wouldn't be sellable. (laughs) And so those things, we would, it was amazing, like just subtly defective and we would get to have whatever we wanted. So I I had quite the collection. I'm jealous. um, I would have totally loved that freebie dildo discount box. Like I would have hovered every day. What's what's new? What? Oh, oh, look, this one has a hole. (laughs) Can I have it? I don't know if I told this story on the podcast that you heard, but when I moved from San Francisco, I used to have like multiple vintage suitcases filled with sex toys. And my friend lived near Dolores Park in San Francisco and had this really great, like nearby right and had this a lot of foot traffic. So we were like, okay, let's have a yard sale. And I want to do it in front of your apartment. And I spread out all of these sex toys I made a killing because, you know, close enough to the Castro in the mission in San Francisco. And uh, we're shameless here in San Francisco. I know we are. And I would explain. I would give a little sex education. I would explain the context. And years later, there was a guy who went to my grad school. He's like, oh my God, I remember you. You were the sex toy girl. Oh no. (laughs) But it was great. It was, you know, I guess I left a memorable mark. Uh, yeah, that. I'm jealous. Yeah. Like, why did you not keep all those? That is so cool. Well, there was a lot that it was like, I don't believe in hoarding things. Like if you yeah. don't use them, but, it's kind of like you buy a dress and then you never wear it. It's mm-hmm. like, 
maybe one day, but yeah. You know what? I know I actually, I am a giver awayer all the time. So I totally get it. I feel like holding on to that stuff is bad karma because there's people that need it and you're holding it, but they need Mm -hmm. it. So you need to put Mm -hmm. it out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So you have like great sex karma. You've got some ducats built up there with that one, with putting all that out there. I wonder how many like orgasms you help happen. Oh my God. The other thing that was really sweet, there was another person at my grad school. She was like, oh my God, I remember you. I came in with my mom and my mom and I bought vibrators and her mom had recently passed. And so it was like this really sweet memory that she cherished. Yeah. I I love that. I love that. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Okay. So what would be some of the best advice you would give for someone who's looking to explore or add more, a little more self-love to their lives and how they could make it fun and spice it up, not feel obligatory? I'm just really asking this because it's, I'm being for selfish reasons because I'm having to masturbate every day in March. That's my March Masturbation Madness mm-hmm, Month. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just looking for some creative ideas. Yeah. Well, so one thing that we know is that changing your breath like changes your state, right? So increasing your breathing oxygenates your cells and brings more sensation into your body, mm-hmm. right? So doing some... And there's all sorts of information online that you could look up different kinds of breath work. Are you familiar with Wim Hof breath work? No. Uh-uh. So he's like the Iceman. And he's known more for having control over your nervous system and like taking ice baths, like, you know, hiking in Iceland yes. in your underwear and like going into freezing cold water in the winter, right? But when you do, when you bring more oxygen into your body, you also bring so much sensation. Your whole entire body can feel like sparky and like you've kind of post-orgasm, right? Uh So imagine that you do all of that and then you decide to masturbate. Mm, and right. Like so you're that. already stimulating your whole system through that sense. And then in terms of the way that you touch yourself, like I would encourage, I know that one of the things that you, and I like that you play with this, like speed, right? Like you have this thing about a partner in the past may have been like, mm, not yet, right? Or do it in 30 seconds. Yeah. And so instead I would go, what would be the challenge of, of the opposite? Like how slow can you go? Mm-hmm. How much can you luxuriate in the way that you're touching yourself? And how much can you not only feel, let's say you're touching your genitals, how much can you also feel your like the pleasure in your own hand making contact with the wetness of your pussy mm-hmm. or the, the warmth yeah. of your clitoris or the yeah. juiciness of your lips, Yeah. right? And then the other thing is playing with okay, so we know that it feels good when you touch your clitoris or your nipples, but what about another part of your body that isn't typically sexualized? Can you play with the pleasure of your pussy and then bring it to another part of your body and see if you can transfer that sensation to that part of your body? Does that make sense when I say that? Okay, hold on. I'm trying to follow you. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm with you. Now, I am touching... I am touching my clitoris or no? Yeah. So let's, so yeah. So let's say first you're touching your clitoris, yeah. right? You're, you're touching whatever feels, whatever feels good and you're starting. So it's like a different kind of edging, right? So you're, you're starting to build up pleasure and sensation and then you pause from touching your clitoris and you go and you start to touch, maybe it's your inner arm or maybe it's around your nipple. So it's like around your breasts, mm-hmm. right? And you're breathing and you're bringing the sensation. So then pausing, like you can touch your clitoris again, yeah. bringing that sensation. So you're connecting other places in your body rather than being so genitally focused. Yes. You're spreading the pleasure to your whole body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like mean, there's, that. you're familiar, I imagine, with whole body orgasm. Well, I've had one, but it was, I was going to actually say that because when you're talking about the breathing, I, have always, I'm good at breathing because I've done uh, mm-hmm. from yoga 
since yeah. I was way back, you know, I mean, like literally yeah. I've been doing it for 17 years. And mm-hmm. so I know how like, you know, it's hot in the room. There's all this stuff. And I'm just like, I'm in the zone. I'm focused. It's because my breathing is so right on. And I know, so I understand the power of that. Mm-hmm. Where I haven't, where I've, it's been hit or miss so far with making that translation is mm-hmm. in while I'm having sex. But mm-hmm. I have had it happen where mm-hmm. through my breathing, mm-hmm. I have had like this really long kind of, it felt like a rolling whole mm-hmm. body, like a wave, you know? Yeah. It was amazing. And I, I, my partner at the time, I was like, what was that? Like, you saw mm-hmm. that, right? You saw that, you know? Because I'm like, how do we even explain that? How do I explain that? I need to talk yeah. about this in my podcast, but I just don't know what the hell just happened. It was mm-hmm. amazing, but I was so in shock over it. And mm. it's funny because I, when you were talking to just, you know, right before that, you know, I was thinking, I need to, I, I need to this time around, now that I'm really focused on some solo play, get back to the breathing and inco- and start mm-hmm. incorporating that and see where that takes me again mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. by myself. Yeah. So, There's, yeah. have you heard of Dr. Joe Dispenza? No. Uh-uh. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's a meditation teacher. He's a chiropractor, a neuroscientist and quantum physicist. And so on his, he, he, he leads retreats and on these retreats, we'll do four hour meditations. And part of his meditations involve this very intense breath work. And I have very, I have orgasmic meditations. Like I get full body orgasms through meditation. And one of the ways that he encourages breathing during these meditations is that you're, it's basically kundalini, right? You're squeezing your pelvic, like you're inhaling, inhale, squeezing it up. You yeah. clench your pelvic floor, you clench your, all the muscles, like your central muscles to actually squeeze your cerebral spinal fluid up towards your pineal gland to yeah. activate it so that you can go into these other dimensions. But what also is happening during that when you're like squeezing all of that energy up that your whole body can start to shake and and you feel a tremendous amount of heat and you feel a lot of sensation. That's what was happening. And I'm telling you, I just feel like I finally am now figuring it out because I... Mm-hmm. I did a lot of research, but just typing in like what happened because I just didn't know exactly yeah. what, what it was. And I wanted to know. It was amazing. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have these misconceptions about what an orgasm is and what, it, and it's like so genitally focused and there's so many different kinds. Yeah. And there were a bunch of resources in the Bay Area. One Taste was one of the ones that was kind of like infamous. And that was very much focused on whole body orgasm. Mm-hmm. And it's a... They either call it like stroking, oming, doing. There's all these different terms for the same kind of practice, which is basically a manual stimulation practice of the... It could be focused on a penis or focused on vulva and clitoris. Yeah. And But the general idea, rather than Masters and Johnson orgasm, which is focused on like, it goes up, 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 you come and it's done, is that it's a building right? It's a building. And then it's like, you know, literally like you can't see what I'm doing listeners, but I'm, I'm wiggling my little finger. Like it's red rum talking to you. Red rum. That's Um, right. (laughs) Yeah. And so stimulating and there's just like really getting into the nuance of like, if the clitoris had a clock on it, right. And it's just like stroking particular areas and noticing like what, and so you have to get very sensitized versus like, a lot of folks, and I know that you love your Hitachi, and there's kind of like the Hitachi magic wand camp or the wall of the electric vibes, the old school electric vibes. I was a wall wall girl, which is what the, I have is a plug-in. <laughs> yeah. The plug-in, because you know, there, yeah. So I used to be big and thumpy. Like I liked like a really strong vibrator. And then I've become someone who like you can put your hand above my body and I can if you have if I can feel your energy, I yeah. I'm already in an orgasmic state. I can feel your energy. But so back to your, there's a nuanced way of sensitizing the clitoris or any part. You could, there's also Olivia Bryant focuses on cervical orgasm and I love her work, which is self-cervix on Instagram. And so all these parts of the body because of sexual trauma or because of shame get numb and may feel like they need a lot of intensity. But in reality, you can actually start to sensitize any body part to be orgasmic. Oh, so, you know, there's, but it's like sensation back off, Mm -hmm. ground it, sensation back off, ground it. And then you're just, it just starts to kind of um, expand into other parts of the body rather than just being focused on 
the genitals. Yeah. I mean, I taught my, you know, I mean, mastered the G-spot, but it's a different experience when you're with the things you're describing. And when mm-hmm. I've experienced those things, it's more, to me, it seems I was more in the moment and with the breathing and yes, and all that tingling. And like when you're mm-hmm. talking about the little sparks and stuff, like, yes, mm-hmm. you feel like you're on another plane almost. Well, it, and that's what, whether it's, sur- I don't, I mean, this may be more information than you want to share, but was your partner deeply like, do you like cervical was he making contact with your cervix? No, he was, no. it was a long sensual massage mm-hmm. and he just kept teasing around my genitals and then maybe just really mm-hmm. lightly touch, but mostly the mm-hmm. teasing and the tea. And I was just, yeah. you know, and then I was like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the breathing and I'm getting more yeah. excited and, and then it just started happening, you know what I'm yeah. like? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Because this is the thing. So you know what I really loved? And I imagine you've seen it, but I would encourage your listeners to watch it if they haven't, was Sex, Love, and Goop. Did you watch yeah, that series? Yeah, I did. Okay, with, um, right. Jaya. With Jaya. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I interviewed Darshna for my podcast. And so, but Jaya, the very the first two episodes, that's my experience. Like that kind of, yeah. that, that electrical, like it's an energetic orgasm. And um, and so I love that because, you know, I can just be like, just watch that. If I'm with a partner, like, just go watch that. I don't need to explain anything. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about, yeah. right? Like he yeah. was uh, touching into your etheric. He was touching into your energy body. And so that's always available to you. And, but the thing is, is it, you need to go, it's like there was slowness, right? Yeah. There was, there was safety, there was surrender yeah. versus, and you can have with a one-time partner, but often that comes more with someone who there's no pressure. There isn't this time thing put on you. Yeah. And there's, little, there's also with that partner, there's just a tremendous, tremendous amount of trust and mm-hmm. being well in tune with each other's bodies and, mm. you know, me being able to let him lead and me follow, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. And, and it's like kind of that surrender. And it was just, I didn't know that's where we were going with it. It's mm-hmm. just, that was kind of our dynamic naturally. But mm-hmm. that day with what he was doing, it's that was the result. And it was like... Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then, and you literally do. I mean, that's the thing about, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love genital stimulation as well, but like cer- deep cervical or like really just um, subtler touch, you can have experiences where you feel literally like you're in the cosmos. Like yeah. you may have seen, like you said, you're like, I feel like I was, I was out of this world. That's like, you're speaking figuratively, but kind of literally at the same time, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you may have seen other colors and yeah, I'm excited because like, this is the first time I've actually talked to somebody who understands what I'm, what I'm talking about. Cause I don't, I haven't, it's only happened a few times. So I'm like, don't have a, a language, big, language, right. you, a big yeah. language for it. And, you know, to uh-huh. be able to explain it, I have said those things. And I just didn't know, like, what is this? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it's very interesting. The, a great resource around this stuff. So do you know who Joseph Kramer is? No. He started He started the Body Electric and Annie Sprinkle. I imagine you, you know Annie Sprinkle's work. She was a pretty famous porn star, art, like performance artist in the Bay uh-huh. Area. And so Joseph Kramer and her were, she was his one female partner. He's an ex-Jesuit priest, gay man, started the body electric during the AIDS crisis. And in response to it, so it's basically a lot of sex workers, erotic massage people coming in, learning techniques so that there wasn't this alternative to ejaculation, right? So there was a lot of luxuriating in touch, a lot of somatic and mindful touch. Mm -hmm. And then he started sexological body work, which there are all these, like both those people, Darshna and Jaya are sexological body workers. Yeah. And so this is beautiful because it's all over the world. It's like Brazil and Australia and blah, 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 blah. But he basically got sensual massage, like that kind of touch legalized in California because... Well, it, he got it on the books, sexological body work as a thing, as like in response to a health crisis. Yeah. And his website, so eroticmassage.com and I think porn yoga, he encourages mindful porn watching yes. um, and mixing it up. And they're just some great, I mean, some of it's, it's like dated videos. Yeah. They're, they're, some of them are hysterical, right? Like a guy jerking off in his tube socks for like 30 minutes. Right. Yeah. But in difference, working it out and like, yeah. 
like really funny stuff. Yeah. But it's, um, there's a lot of good resources there and fire in the valley and fire on the mountain is male genital massage. And then fire in the valley is female genital massage. And those videos were very popular. Good vibrations. Okay. Yeah. I have to check that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So you more, you'll have to do it and report back because I will. all that, you know, oh, I will. I'm like, can I yeah. Amazon that like right now? You know, <laughs> I, the thing is, is I know that that stuff is available on his websites. I don't even know. I mean, I actually, funny enough here, I'll, I have, he's my new buddy. I love him, Joseph. Yeah. Here's the video, oh, male genital massage. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe if you write to him, I don't, do you even have a DVD player? Do you have Not one? anymore. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure how exactly, but I do know it's, he streams these things on he his, must have, his Yeah, website. he must have transferred it to online, yeah. an online downloadable mm-hmm. version or something, I would think, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. So those, I love it. Are, that mm-hmm. is great. All this stuff, like, this is going to make, this is going to make this the best March Masturbation Madness Month ever. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited to hear like future episodes and be like how you're integrating this stuff. And that's you're like, what I'm ah! I, that's what I do. I'm going to be, you know, I'll be talking about it a lot. My past week recap, every time I release on Tuesday, I'll be covering this stuff. So <laughs> pun intended. Every yeah, time I yeah. release, release it. There we go. You're like a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Okay. So in your, in your practice as a sex therapist, what would you say kind of like are just three of the most common issues people struggle with sexually kind of that recur most all the time? Well, I do work a lot with sexual trauma. And so how sexual trauma shuts the libido down. I mean, I think about the nervous system. So whatever work I'm doing, I'm thinking about the nervous system. And some people's response is hyper arousal, which is increase in sensation. And Mm -hmm. so think orgasm actually lives in hyper arousal. You can't have an orgasm if your system is in hypo arousal, which is more of depression, sleepiness, or numbness. Yeah. So anything that someone's coming in for, I'm thinking about their nervous system. And so if somebody's response to trauma may be to numb out and not feel, and so then they may be pre-orgasmic, right? They haven't had an orgasm yet. And so we're working on how do you... And I'm always thinking about sex in a holistic way, right? So whatever issue is happening in the bedroom is happening outside the bedroom as well in the rest of their life. Right. So if someone is not feeling there, it's like, okay, how is that showing up in the rest of your life emotionally? Like, can you feel your feelings, your sensations, and your emotions in other contexts? So that is one thing. So numbness. And then the other being getting so overwhelmed, not being able to tolerate their own sensations. So they shut things down. Like they may not be orgasmic because they get so overwhelmed by sensation that they stop whatever they're engaged in on their own or with a partner before they get too flooded and they start to panic or dissociate or whatever it is. Yeah. So when you said, you know, when you're talking about sexual trauma, that to me sounds like a bit of a, that that sounds like a big term. Like there's, it sounds like there's a lot under that umbrella. Yes. Thank you. you Other than just what we would standardly kind of what your go-to, like when I think of sexual trauma, the first thing that pops into my head is rape. But that's probably the tip of the iceberg. I'm, I'm sure it's a huge spectrum. Just for information's sake, can you kind of just really briefly say it could be anything, sexual trauma encompasses anything from this to this? Yes, thank you so much for asking that question because this is kind of like the thesis of my book, actually. Really key is a lot of people, like you just said, think of sexual trauma as child sexual abuse or assault, sexual assault rape. But I really see over the 20 years that I've worked with clients that it's so much more expansive and it doesn't have to be generally focused. It doesn't have to be touch focused. There can be experiences of growing up in a a home where you have a mentally ill parent or a drug addicted parent or racism, walking down the street, not being safe to fully occupy yourself because you're going to be seen as quote unquote threatening. Yeah that you squeeze down and become smaller inside yourself for safety purposes. Like if you're growing up in a family where there's an alcoholic and you just want to disappear because you don't want to be on the radar because they're violent, for instance, all of that squeezing down inside your physical body, holding breath, getting smaller inside yourself, squeezes down on your sexual energy and life force, Mm -hmm. which then impacts how you feel yourself in all aspects of your life. So if it's not safe to 
feel your body or your emotions because of your family life or because of how your culture responds to you, how do you think it's going to be? Is it suddenly going to be totally safe in one of the most vulnerable situations ever, which is like being naked with your legs open? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I see sexual trauma, like somebody who has a parent who's mentally ill and they're having to keep secrets so that the kid doesn't get taken from the home. That then can become an eroticized power dynamic out, you know, later in life, or that can be a thing of like keeping secrets as the habit in sexual relationships, et cetera. So all of these things are, it's like a, a hologram. And I look at developmental trauma. I look at social trauma, ancestral trauma. You could be carrying in your body the vicarious trauma of a sibling or your mother that who was sexually assaulted, though you never were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or being having uh, grandparents that were Holocaust survivors and then repressing that you're gay because being visible, like being out there and visible is dangerous yeah. and you could lose your life, right? So these unconscious beliefs live in the body and control our actions and our behavior. That's the big, vast way no, that I, I see mean, sexual yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I, I know it's really hard to give basic advice, you know, on how to start yeah. to overcome some of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work with a client, I mean, how do you help them unpack those issues? So one of the key things, right, first is acknowledging being able to, usually people come in, let's, let me start over. Usually people come in with something that they really are trying to push away and don't like about themselves, right? They just, they're like, I just want this to go away. I don't want it to be the way it is. And it's so counterintuitive, but the thing that needs to happen is actually appreciating and recognizing that whatever that behavior or that thing is that our body is doing or our mind is doing is actually protecting us. And it's been trying to take care of us in some way. So starting to understand, accept, and appreciate that behavior, really a lack of self-acceptance is so core with almost all suffering, Mm -hmm. right? Not being able to be with ourselves and be with parts of ourselves. So I do a lot of parts work. I work with, I have people dialogue and work with the different parts of them. I may become a certain part of them while they're a certain part of them and we work with them in that way. I do a lot of work with people around boundaries and being able to ask for what they want. So a lot of people have been told their needs are not, it's not okay to have needs. It's not okay to exist. And then that's, how's that not going to affect your sexual self-expression, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So so I use martial arts-based practices to help people rewire their brain through their body through physical practice. And that comes from my work with Richard Strozzi Heckler and Stacey Haynes, who wrote a really good book, Healing Sex. And she was one of my primary therapists and teachers and trainers. And so doing that work, like I really strongly believe in practice meditation, any kind of physical practice that's helping you retrain what your old habits were. So I'm looking at habits, looking at people's belief systems. What do they believe about themselves? What do they believe about the world? And how to start working with realizing that none of that is, it's not true. It may, your past does not have to be your future. So working with all of that, I also, I use body work, different kinds of body work, non-sexual touch. I refer Mm -hmm. out for stuff like that, like sex surrogates or something. I don't do that. But working with breath and physical movement and working with attachment, working with the nervous system, those are, you know, there's just, there's a lot of different parts that I'm working with. Well, I love it. That's so, I know, to me, this is so fascinating how everything's just so intricately tied together, which you wouldn't Mm -hmm. even think of it. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe something happened in your childhood, like I said, that you wouldn't, you don't identify as trauma, but Mm -hmm. that moment in time and that reaction, and then like as it's showing up in other places in your life, like you said earlier, it's not just going to be happening in the bedroom. You know, it's going to be showing up outside too. If I had, if I had two lives to live, Mm -hmm. I would come back and, you know, live yours. (laughs) (laughs) You know, get the training, do the studying, do, you know, just get into, (laughs) get into all that, that deep work. I mean, I, to some extent, I do my best, but I definitely, there's those are areas that I could definitely devote more energy mm-hmm. towards, but well, I, find, I, I find it all fascinating. Thank you. It's never too late to read. I mean, there's so many, I know it's hard when you're recording your own podcast to make time to listen to others. There's just, there's so much information out there. And I would say like, while I 
thoroughly enjoy what I've learned and I'm grateful and I'm grateful even for the trauma that I've lived through because it, it makes me know how to work with other people and help them through their experience. You would get a lot more than you bargained for if you lived my life, unfortunately. <laughs> so I wouldn't wish that on you. Um, okay. Although there have been some amazing, there have been a very heightened, amazing experiences and definite a lot of depth. I know that you have a lot of fun in your life and that is something that... that... I, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm yeah. bound and determined. Mm-hmm. It, it, I enjoy having fun and having, you know, I just call it kind of like just making an adventure out of it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the reason why mm-hmm. I just, it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to move. I'm going to, I've never lived anywhere else. And now I'm going to do that. And because nothing's, even if I would have gotten here and didn't like it, mm-hmm. I can always move back. It was like, well, what's the worst case scenario? You know, can you manage that? Yeah, of course mm-hmm. you can. Just yeah. go have an adventure. I That's love, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I love that. But stuff. there's a the willingness to take risk and a willingness to step outside your comfort zone. And that really opens a lot of your life up to you. Yeah. yeah. And I, the, from doing my podcast and my sexual adventures, it's been amazing how much that's taught me about myself. It really mm-hmm. helped me draw the connection, see the connection between what's going on in the bedroom and what's going on in my outside life and how much, mm-hmm. how intertwined they are. It's just helped me realize a lot of stuff and unpack some of my own stuff, which was not the intention, but it's just, I love the growth that I've gotten from it. And I just, it's interesting how I feel like it's so accelerated my growth in just other areas because it kind of had to, it had to happen. If I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do this, these sex bucket lists and be out there and be creative and keep making that a priority, it wouldn't be sustainable if I also wasn't having these realizations and addressing some things, mm-hmm. you know, or at least being becoming more aware of them, you know, along the way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it's like hyper-focusing, you know, it just puts it right there. And so, yeah, I feel like that, that's that been the benefit and the beauty of it. I just feel like when I listen to people, they're right to me or they'll ask me questions and I just feel like they just don't, they're not seeing the link of how the problem that, you know, I think it's just the problem that they're having in the bedroom, but, but that's really just a byproduct of what the real issue is. Yeah. I'm licensed, I can't really, <laughs> can't advise mm-hmm. on this. So, you know, you might want to mm-hmm. somebody that can really help you help you with all this stuff. And yeah, it's, it's fun. One of the things that regarding that, that's super common men who come in with ED, right? Either they're ejaculating quickly or they're having a hard time maintaining or getting an erection. And there's, they just, they're motivated to come in because they want to get a hard dick. Yeah. Right. Or they want to, or they want to keep a hard dick or, you know, whatever it is. Like they're motivated. It's important. Bisex. Yeah. yeah, they're motivated by sex, but yeah. they're and they are very good at doing their masturbation homework, unlike women who rarely will follow through with their masturbation homework. But the thing for men, it's oh, yeah, no, no, I, I have that. That's funny because that, that wasn't you were talking mm-hmm. about that in that episode. I said we're going to go through because that mm-hmm. was in there. You're like, oh, let's talk about masturbation homework. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, one of the things that happens for men when they're willing to engage and become more mindful right? Is they are realizing like, oh, maybe I'm actually really sensitive. Maybe I do have feelings about this woman that I left behind and was having quote unquote, a casual relationship to. And then I moved across the country and now I actually miss them. And now I can't get it up with these other people because I actually have a heart connection with this other person that I really want to be with. Seeing that it's okay to have to be emotionally connected before their dick gets on board, right? Yeah. Like our our genitals have boundaries for us and they may yeah. be wiser than we are, Yeah, right? Yeah. And that was just one of the things that I thought about in terms of the connections that people make. It's like, okay, I have an agenda. I want to get a hard dick. And then actually, oh, I'm realizing that my I'm a sensitive person and I'm con- I, I need to feel what I'm feeling yeah. and allow myself to express it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. You need a little bit more of a, a connection there than just what's going on, the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. obviously, and you also, you have a podcast. So what inspired that? Actually, a publisher told me, you should have your own podcast. And so I was really intimidated by technology. My friend Amy and I had been on a road trip. We were every three or four months, we'd go to Shasta and I would do a writing retreat. And we, I had had a, a sexy 
night the night before with somebody and I was telling her the story and we were laughing and you know we were talking we we're calling it cock talk and we were joking about having a podcast called cock talk and okay. we would be anonymous yeah yeah and then every street sign we passed I, I kid you not was like fairy balls like it was just like everything was insane like yeah. every sign getting, you felt like you're was, getting signs yeah this this is supposed literal, to be yeah. The sexual innuendos and double entendres up the wazoo. And so we started recording in the car. And I don't think I ever used that footage for my podcast, but that had happened. And I was joking and I was telling this publisher about that. And he was just saying, I really think you should have your own podcast, which seemed terrifying to me. But I've seen it. It's like crazy how natural it is, given I do therapy with people, right? Yeah. So I'm immediately want to ask more and want right. to know more. And yeah. 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 So yeah. Well, I how... love it. And speaking of Amy, I yeah. did listen to an episode. This is one of the favorites I listened to. I really was just like, everything you were referencing, I'm like, this just sounds like me. I, I could relate. Even at one point you were describing a guy and I'm like, I wonder if we've had any crossover. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, I was listening very intently, like, huh, I wonder. <laughs> it sounds kind of like, you know, it's so, yeah, with us both being in the Bay remember? Area. Do you remember what the description was? Like, who, what? Yes. Yeah. What so you were talking about a guy and he was, I think he was shorter, but he had a big package and how he kind of snuck up on you. You weren't really, you didn't think you were interested, but he, I think, was a lot better, it was a better lover than you anticipated. He, okay, so he's actually in Boston. He yeah, doesn't he, live, had, he was out yeah. here because someone was uh -huh. had a baby or something like mm -hmm. that. And, mm -hmm. Yes, and yeah, and he wrote in and, you know, and I'm like, huh, I wonder if I, I just... I wonder. Listening, listening to your description of him made me think of a guy in particular. I don't think uh -huh. it's the same guy. I mean, you know, what would the mm -hmm. odds be? But it was just pretty mm -hmm. funny. So I was like, huh, would that just... <laughs> what if we had... That some, would, yeah. Well, oh my God, there's such, it's such a ridiculously small world. It is. You know, my, I have a lot of friends who are therapists and then I'll just, you know, be telling them about somebody who wrote to me on one of these dating sites and then they'll go, oh my God, I think that's my client's husband. I mean, like, it's just insane. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know. It is a small, yeah, it is a small world. I know. So that episode in particular with you and Amy, that mm -hmm. was called, which mm -hmm. I just loved. I'm like, I, great title. Spinning the Lazy Susan of Sex and dating. And mm -hmm. just, I love listening to how you were dating and, you know, what was going on. So are you still dating? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that, to give context, that was pre-COVID. Yeah. And, and so maybe it was, it was like the begin, beginning of 2020. And then I had a nice long stretch of nothingness. Like, like if I went on a date, it was pretty much like, do you have a truck? Can you help me move a table? Right. Because I had bought a house and, and it was like, so I was doing like definitely long distance dating kind of thing, like not getting intimate with people. And yes, so I have dabbled. I have done some dating over the last couple of years and I am dating online. And I'm just, a, I'm very discerning about who, how I spend my time and who I invite in, in a way that, Sometimes I wish I didn't have to be like, I wish my body didn't keep me on track in the way that it does. But I have, as I call it, an emotionally psychic vagina. Yeah. And she lets me know if it's not going to be, it's you know, not. an energetically good thing with somebody. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's your favorite app to use? Oh, I like, I like Hinge for the fact that there's enough written material and the quality of men that I encounter on there. Something like OkCupid, I like for myself because I like to like write prose. And so I have like a big fat profile on there. Yeah. But honestly, I think that more information is not always helpful. I think that women can get like, we can all get in our heads about like, check, 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 check. And so sometimes just being able to go with your gut, but I'm not interested actually, even though I do love sex, I really do want to be emotionally connected to somebody before I get naked with them. And at this point, so Tinder kind of gives a little bit of the wrong idea, although it's there's something good about like being able to just do a gut check. I haven't been on Tinder in a long time. Yeah. What are the other apps? Oh, Bumble, I find kind of annoying. What about that? Is it called Field? I don't know that one. I might have to check it out. Yeah. I don't know F-I-E-L-D, Field. Mm -hmm. I think, it's, do they I think have... it's based in the Bay Area. 
I mean, interesting. It seems like most of those dating apps come out of the Bay Area. I guess we just really wanted to date. We want to date. With- I know. Well, there's all the Silicon Valley app creators, right? Yes. Field. I'll have to check it out. I'm mm-hmm. going to make a note to myself. What else? Oh, there's uh, what is that called? All I know is it's blue, and that one's annoying because it's coffee like everyone's or coffee. No, it's called the league. Is it the league? I'll look it up. Oh, I'll tell you. I don't know. No, it's not the league. I'll tell you. Inner circle. It's a little oh. elitist. It's, you know, men who are just all around the world. So if you're a traveler, I think that's a good app, but not really people locally. So I think it depends on, there's going to be a different kind of fit depending on what your lifestyle is and what you're up to. I've not, I have not done coffee, coffee meets bagel. I haven't, I haven't done them either. I just happen to know uh, there's a lot I haven't done mm-hmm. um, app wise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. i yeah. I had a friend and she told me about coffee. She was on Coffee Meets Bagel. And I'm like, look at somebody's names. You know, just something about it, just that name. I just didn't yeah. like I'm like, I would not sign up for that one just because of the name. I don't like it. It's something rubs me the wrong way in some way. I don't You're know. You're like, why. it is not sexy and I don't do carbs. So it's fuck y'all. Sexy. Right. I'm like, hello. <laughs> no. That's too, the, to me, just, it just sounds so wholesome. And I, and I got, there's nothing, I got nothing against it, but. Your more fat life is I that more your something thing? Something with a little more edge to it. Yeah, you're like maybe not scat play, but a little no. more. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. There's no. Yeah, scat play is out. It's off. The, it's, it's never been on the radar. It's not going to be on the radar. Um, even though I won't to this now, I've I've learned my lesson with saying never. You know, I will never. I was just saying no. I just don't think that's for me. That's my. That's how I say right. never. That's my substitution right. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other thing you were talking about in that episode was good kissers. Are you a stickler mm. for a good kisser? Oh yeah. There's nothing, there's no way to turn me off faster than kissing me in a way that really grosses me out. And you said Um, this this guy had like parakeet tongue and I was like, oh, I knew exactly what you meant. I was like, but see, that was the thing. That was the thing about the short guy that I was thinking of. He had a parakeet. He couldn't. No, no, no. Different, different people. Are you talking about your guy? Your short guy? My My short guy. My guy. Oh, yeah. He was good sexually, mm. but we just, I just said, I tried to teach him how to kiss. He just I just said, we can't kiss. I mean, this is just... Yeah. Not wow. Wow. So I, I try a, a softer approach, but I can appreciate the like, just no, kissing is off the table. I'm more like, I would love to feel more lip. I would love to feel your lips. Yeah. The fullness of... Or let's slow down a little bit. Yeah. Or really the experience is I want to feel like I'm being listened to and that you're present with me. And in my very little experience of kissing people from Alaska, I have a theory that they're, if the more connected you are to the land, the more you're like able to kiss. I don't know if, oh. if it holds any water, but I've had some good Alaska Alaskan kisses. Interesting. And I think, yeah, it's someone who doesn't... The other thing, it's like men often will get so... They get excited more quickly. Yeah. And so there's like the like the lot of tongue. I'm down for a lot of tongue once I'm turned on. Yeah. But it's like they're immediately, it's like they have the boner tongue and they're like, that's right. It's the boner tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Or they want to rush it and the boner tongue. And then it's like, it has to be super expeditious. Like, come on, we got to move on to the next thing. And I'm like, no, I mean, can we just like Mm -hmm. enjoy this like a fine wine? You know, if it's, oh my God, favor it for a little bit. I promise I want to get there too. I'm ready, but you know, or that's that's where I'm going. But I, you know, I want to enjoy the ride a little bit. Like (laughs) there's, it's this misnomer where some people are like, yeah, you, you can't dance. You can't, you don't have good sex or like, you don't know how to have sex. Or if you're a bad kisser, you're bad at sex or if you're, and it's actually not that way. Cause I've, I've had amazing makeout sessions with somebody that then once we were in bed, it just did not work. Didn't like match. slow kissing doesn't necessarily... Someone who's slow fucking or yes. slow... Like, it's just like, oh, come on, let's work, let's get some variety in here. I bud. dated that guy for a long time. Yeah. He moved in. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, move in deeper. He was actually a doctor of psychology and uh, loved him. It was like me with my best friend, but there was just like... And the makeout was great, but the actual like... When it came to the sex, it was just like, mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's yeah. like, I wanted it to work. I really did, but it, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to happen. So what I like to do is because it's March Masturbation Madness Month, I am mm-hmm. going to ask you to pick two numbers, one between between one and 64. And I'm going to read you some masturbation. Interesting little, maybe, maybe you know these facts about masturbation. Maybe you don't, but okay. unique okay. facts. Okay. So a number between one and 64. Yes. Why not one in 69? I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> okay. write these things. I always wonder this myself. Like, why did they stop? I don't know. Okay, 32. 32. Okay, 32 says, oh, the Kahajuraho Temple in India depicts both male and female masturbation. Did Ta-da! Now, that's, that's one great. more number. Uh-huh. Yes, okay, 27. 27. One man masturbated so frequently that he created abrasions of the shaft of his penis, which then became infected. After two days of vomiting, scrotum swelling, and muscle pain, he went to the ER. Doctors diagnosed him with Fournier's gangrene, the treatment, <gasps> antibiotics, and skin grafts to re-insulate his severely chafed penis. Oh, that it's true. is you heard horrifying. It here. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you so much for your time and for being on. Could you just let everybody know where they can find you? Yes, thank you so much. So you can find me at Laid, L-A-I-D, Laid Open Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Charna Cassell with two S's and two L's, charnacassell.com has my writing and my podcast stuff and passionate life.org is my psychotherapy practice and all that stuff. If you want to read more about somatic sex therapy, etc. All right. Well, thanks again. And everybody, you know where you can find me. Just go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com. My favorite thing is to get voicemails from you. So click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. And I'd love your feedback on this episode. You have five minutes, just let it rip and I will get back to you personally. Also, if you have a voicemail for Sharna, you can leave it there and I will make sure that she gets it. So thanks everybody for listening. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers-only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.